Hey everybody, today I had the opportunity to have Jim Barnes in the house. Uh, the first thing he did was help me with my sound level, so hopefully uh, the sound quality will be better today than it's been in the past. I know it's been frustrating, uh, at least if anything to me, um, but uh, he produces music, he produces comedy shows, he's an MC. Uh, guy's just an all-around good guy. Um, there's a lot of stuff in here that he talks about uh, um, what to, what an MC should and shouldn't do, um, at least from his point of view, and also the benefits of uh, going to comedy festivals. So I hope you enjoy it. There's some pretty fun moments in here. And uh, again, thank you so much for... Uh, for supporting the podcast and and when I say supporting um, just by reaching out to me and telling me that you guys are listening to it and loving it um, I have comments open so you leave comments and uh, tell me either it's uh, I'm doing a good job or it's all crap so uh, <laughs> it's it's a double edged sword but again uh, Jim Barnes in the house hope you love it thanks guys So you, you want it to, you don't want it to click. You know, you want to get into the red. You want to almost hit the red. Yeah. What's the one behind stuff? But so, however that looks. Oh, I can see the meters here. So ha, ah, ha. Ah. See, I'll never hit the reds. So I'm good over there. But yeah. Um, and then, is this your slider on your right? Is that your output? That's so much better now that I killed all yeah. of the compression. Yeah. Now it's, it's compression is nobody's friend. Now it looks so much better. When you go back to music, everybody records, everybody does, and everybody overproduces. No one can do it. I know like three guys, including myself, that are good at it. And it's very small toolbox. It's just really sticking to basics. Yeah, like, you know I, mean? like I'm saying, like, I, I literally had no idea how to plug in a mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm just going to go from here. Like, we're just going uh, right. to... So, the, so basically, for those that don't know, um, I'm, I... I my, my, my recordings have sounded like hell. I mean, I'm sure all of you have felt that, but no one's, everyone's been kind enough or were fearful that I would go and, and uh, whack them over the head as my body would look like. I handle, uh, you know, um, conflict, but that's not the case. But, um, so Jim came over, you looked at my stuff, and you're like, man, you're not doing this right. And it's like, <laughs> That was, say that. That was that was <laughs> that was implied. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was communicated <laughs> at the very least. So hey, Jim Mars, how you doing, buddy? Good, good. How are you doing? Doing all right. And I, I was uh, I'm sorry I was kind of late uh, in the sense of not being prepared because I bought this uh, animation software, and so um, my I have I have this idea because I, in these different podcasts. There are these moments that just pop out, yeah. and it's like within two to three minutes, but they're they're funny or they're interesting. Right. And I, I have this idea that I might actually be able to animate Make those. animation clips. Yeah. 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 And um, a lot of my friends are like, "Well, I didn't know that you animate." And I said, well, "I don't." And they're like, <laughs> they're, like, well, well, yeah. they're like, "Well, do you draw?" And I was like, "Well, I, I did when I was like eight. Like. <laughs> And then they asked me, like, well, what makes you think that you can do this? I said, well, huh, I didn't know I could do stand-up or yeah. podcasting. No, yeah. And I mean, I, I, makes you think I'm you not killing it, but I'm, I'm no. doing it, so. That's one of my, gosh, what do you call it, my mantras, or if I get off on something. If it's been done, 
Like, mm. I'm not going to do anything that's never been done before, right? You rarely do. But if yeah. it's been done, I could do it. Yeah. I could do it. Yeah. Especially nowadays. There's, you know, you used to have to go to find someone to show you how to do it, and now you just search it. Yeah. Weed through all the, Crap. through all the wrong advice. Yeah. Anything that's been done can be done. Yeah. And if you have the time and effort to do it. Time is becoming the, uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, dude. It's amazing. Like how and my girlfriend she'll be like, Well, you know, can you please like do something? It's like I just sat down. She's like, Okay, Matrix, you've been here for like four hours on the couch and I'm like, it felt like thirty minutes and it's just I'm I get lost in it. Yeah. But you were saying that you used oh. to produce music. Yeah, no, I have a music studio at home. Right now I'm in escrow, I'm moving to a new place and I'm excited to Reset up my studio, but I told you when I walk in, no, you can you can get you can put eight hours in right there behind the mixer and stuff, and time just disappears. Yeah. So better than what I'm doing. I mean, it's better than the internet. It's better than surfing around and stupid stuff. Yeah. Produce. Uh, hopefully, you produce something by the end of yeah, the day. Like. But yeah, I'm afraid to get back in there because it sucks the time away it's great so you obsess about it and it's, you get some product out of it afterwards it's great mm-hmm. but um, that and writing and rehearsing and performing that would those two things you wouldn't be able to do anything else work, eat so know. did you used to did you uh, you picked up the guitar earlier um, but uh, did, did you used to be in a band were you a oh, musician just, or yeah like, you know uh, garage bands Bands with friends, did mm-hmm. some songwriting, they got some stuff. When did you start playing? Got a record label for a little bit. Did you? A of friends That's yeah. awesome. When did you, uh, when did you start guitar? playing? Yeah. Uh, 1974. Right. 75, 45 years. And that's another thing I um, tell people or obsess about is now writing comedy is so, I put so much effort into it. Where like where guitar used to be now, if I hear something, yeah, if I hear you. something on the guitar, or if I hear music, I can pick it up and play it pretty much. Yeah, and find it. It's kind of cool. I show off in front of my son. He plays guitar and all that. And I don't know how many years it took. Forty years before I could do that. I don't yeah. have that. <laughs> I don't yeah. have that time left in comedy. I, you know, I mean, that is so easy to do. And um, with writing. And performing comedy, like one thing I have, I have, I have music it doesn't transfer over. Music, editing, writing, writing is writing in a lot of ways, and editing. And one of my probably my only strong suit or my talent or gift or whatever is I can hear when something's right. Like I know mm-hmm. if it's a joke, yeah. If it's a a mix of music, I know when it's right. And I know when it's wrong. Right. And getting from wrong to right takes a lifetime, <laughs> you know, on some things. Yeah, depending so on what it right is. Away. Yeah. And with music, I'm right, it's right there now. With um, comedy, I know when a joke is perfect, not perfect, I know when it's, when it's good, but I know when it's not quite there, and I pull my hair out of it, just obsessed getting it from there to there. You know, I have jokes yeah. a couple years old that I know are so funny, and they're not funny, but I, I just can't get there. When it clicks, I'll know it. Yeah. And same with music and mixing and producing. When it sounds good, I know it. But I know how to get there. With comedy, I don't know how to get there so much yet. How long have you been doing stand-up? Uh, first time on stage will be 
four years this fall. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm ahead of the curve in some ways, partly because yeah. being on stage with music and songwriting and all that. You know, stage fright was years and years ago, and editing is kind of the same. You yeah. know what I mean? Trimming stuff down, making it, trying to get your point across. So that part carries over more experience in that. But as far as, um, yeah, joke writing and stuff, it's, it's, it's new. So you, every time I see, every, I don't think I've ever seen you in any aspect other than emceeing. Oh. I, I don't think I've ever seen you just go up and do, you know, five, ten, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and no, no, I, I, I emcee probably, oh, that's, last year was like maybe 20% of it, 30%, now it's probably like 10% of it, but that's because you see me over here. Locally. Yeah, yeah, that's I am. Uh, tonight at Fleppard Claremont. Bring that mic closer, sorry. But, um. And that's hard, and it's you're MC now. Yeah, yeah, I actually I I MC uh, some of the Sundays all I the don't time. Vice versa. Yeah. yeah, and I'm also they I'm, they name me the uh, open mic host. Yes, right. And that, so that that's how I met you. I was doing that. Yeah, yeah. And so that's like that has I feel um, helped me progress so much quicker. Yes, because from where I was. Um, I would say a month ago or two months ago, like my comfort level feels so much better. I actually feel like, like this is my, like nice. my stage, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. so it's, um, uh, I'm so grateful that I was given this opportunity. The stages I remember the important ones going through and seeing were getting past that point where I don't like this. You know, I like being fifth. After they've had two drinks, I can do my set and be funny. Mm-hmm. And, and seeing you're the first one up there, you got to teach them how to laugh, yeah. where punchlines are, no, nobody's loosened up yet. So it's kind of an ego thing for a while there, where you're like, I don't want this, I want to be... You yeah. know I mean? um, but then you start separating the two a little more because it's a different job. Mm-hmm. And... Different expectations. Like tonight, I'll MC. I'll do ten minutes, including the housework. So about nine minutes of comedy, and I enjoy it because I have different expectations of what I need from the audience than when I'm going later. So there's less pressure, which loosens you up. Mm-hmm. Um, just less ego there when you start MCing, and the people are cold, and they're cold. Yeah, and you're going up, and, and people are trying to figure out what they want to order. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you're walking in, and people are still. They haven't even sat down right. and gotten comfortable in this new space. Yeah, and you that's, know what I that's mean? satisfying when you can get them to feel comfortable because one of your jobs is to make them feel comfortable. So that, yeah, you start looking for different different goals for the night. You know what I mean? Make the comedians look good. Be funny. And it's more satisfying when you're funny to a cold audience. Yeah. But it's not as easy. And I like easy shows. I like easy gigs sometimes. Yeah, it's... I notice that when I'm emceeing, my f- that that opening ten feels like almost my first time getting on stage. Yeah. And then, but the in between when I'm bringing people up, that feels like I'm water cooler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where I'm just hanging out, enjoying the moments, and and so I'm trying to figure out like where's that place where I'm able to walk in feel um 
feel loose in that moment. And so I'm trying, like I noticed that uh, with the open mic stuff, I engage everybody first. I go around, and my hands go in. So that way, when I get on stage, everyone says, oh, I know who this guy is. So I don't, so so that's something that I've learned in the open mic realm. And so now what I'll do is I'll greet people at the at the box office. Sure. And I'll be like, hey, yeah, how's it going? Uh-huh. And I'll walk around. Like, I'll, even before, I'll go and say, hey, so, you know, have you been here before? Like, oh, I'm, I'm your MC. Right, like, that's what, and yeah. so I'm introducing. So that way, when they see me come on stage, boom, I don't have to do so right. much introduction because I've already done that with them as they're walking in the door. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they want to, you have to be comfortable in there's nothing more uncomfortable than you first start emceeing. Yeah. So when the, when the another, another thing that um, happens, the more you get, more comfortable you get with the audience emceeing, it it's amplified in your regular set when you're not emceeing. When you're comfortable emceeing, you're so loose on a regular set, you get so much better. You do a, you do, you do some MC shows and then do a, do a weekend show like a Friday night at eight yeah. in the middle of the set and you're just phenomenal because yeah. that's the audience you wish you had in but, the beginning yeah. and you also you also um, what's the positive way to put it you appreciate when you have a good MC yeah and when you have a shitty MC oh god you just deal with it but when you when you work on being a good MC um, you don't like going up after a bad one yeah, yeah, but everybody's bad for a while, so it's all right. You know? Yeah, I noticed that. Um, I've seen MCs go up and shit on the audience. Yeah. And they're just like, wow, you guys aren't... Are you guys alive? And you're like, right, yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> hey, buddy. That's been... Uh, that's go up and, there. Like, tonight, I'll go up there ten times. You're between comedians. Right. And you learn um, kind of the same circle of people I learned from. And certain things just made sense to me. And one was, um, you know, you're kind of de- you're teaching them how to laugh. Oh, okay. after 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 comedians, they go, oh, these are jokes. Okay, here comes mm-hmm. the jokes. Makes it easier for the other comedians. Another big thing I do, and I discuss this sometimes, discussed it a couple weeks ago with um, some of the comedians backstage. Once my MC job's over, I don't tell any more jokes the whole night. You know, I don't mm-hmm. do any time in between. And people do, and they're great MCs. There's two two things to worry about there. One is how the club schedules the act. If you do a time in between, it screws up their whole thing. But yeah. the other one is, is when I was talking to the other night, someone is, um, you know, I'll go up there, keep it going for so-and-so, or different versions say that, and let's have, you know, keep the energy up for the next guy, or next comic. And I try to get quick, reason being, if you're, if if I'm emceeing and you just got off stage, you said something I want to comment on. This isn't my idea. I learned this from Richie, I think. But when you said you said something I want to comment on, I don't do it because the next comedian I want to do that. Mm. Let the my job after I do my time. My job is to make the comedians look good, keep the energy up for them, introduce them well, and let that next guy yeah. make a joke about before. Because and it doesn't matter a lot of the times, but it does matter a lot. If you take the headliner's joke, he was going to do. Oh, I see. You're not MC for that guy anymore. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let the comedian be the comedian. Yeah, see, I, and that's one thing where I've probably uh, I've fallen into traps. Because I, I will. And so here's why. So I'll go in and I'll watch someone um, either tank. Right. You know what I mean? Um, or if there's something that was great, like, I will acknowledge... Yeah, it's hard not to sometimes, but, I do sometimes. But I'll acknowledge the live yeah. part of the show. And so, like, I'll, I'll, um, there was one guy that went up, and his set wasn't fantastic. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty good, but this is also open mic stuff, but he did a, um, he did a, a spot on Mickey Mouse impression. And when he did it, like, this kid that was probably 24 years old, lit up like he was six right. at Disneyland for the first time, seeing Mickey Mouse for the first time. And so when I walked up, I was like, man, the best part of that whole show was this guy right here when you did that Mickey Mouse impression. And he literally lit up. Yeah. You might be able to sell a a, uh, uh, a voicemail recording for five bucks right. after the show. <laughs> like it was, and so I like being able to Yeah, and that's your style. Have, and that's, that's some of my favorite, yeah. some of my favorite MCs will comment on every comedian. It is great. That's yeah. their thing that keeps the audience going. That's great. And that's... And I will a couple times a night, sometimes, but sometimes not at all. But, um... That's different between making a joke off something they just said. You know oh, I mean? you're saying, yeah. Like, um... The, my best sets are when I open up... Um, commenting on the comedian before me or the room or something because it lets them know, let the audience know you're you're comfortable I think yeah but as far as taking one of their jokes and adding a tag or something to it it's all great but my time's over I did my time yeah yeah, yeah. next comedian come up I love so much going up there commenting on the comedian before me or if I'm first something about the parking or the room or something lets the audience know oh this guy's Sharp. He's going to be funny. I don't want to take that away from the next comedian. Yeah, and especially when you're point. seeing, as you progress and seeing for bigger and bigger acts, yeah, that, that guy coming on stage has something in his head to open with. And if you just did it, you know. Yeah. That's why I had my time up front. That's a, I never thought of it that way. And I learned that. Yeah. And, I, and not everybody does that. The other, and it's, I said this is my friend MC's joke on every comedian and the room loves it. Mm. Um, only time it comes in is if you do it for someone that doesn't, you know, some of the big names, they, yeah. they'll. Uh, and then the other one is um, keeping the show going quickly. I've had, I had an MC stress the show out almost 20 minutes because he'd do a minute between each guy. And it's, no, we don't need to see your oh, act yeah, yeah, 10 yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, anyway, yeah. whatever. No, but that's, a, that's and, and that's one of the things that I love about about bringing people in here is that I get to get a, a, a different perspective. I get to hear about what um, what people are thinking and the, th- the the things that they've they've learned over time. And and if it's interesting to me, I know there's comics out there that are maybe doing MC work, and it's like, well, okay, how does that all happen? You know what I mean? And no one tells you. Like no one. It's I mean, you, you go to an MC class, and, and I did that, and it's like, okay, you got to do, you got to do A through, or like A through D on the on the checklist. Um, here's what you don't do, 
but then the rest is just yeah and, and each couple have their own thing yeah like um been in a position a couple times where oh, we're short on time do some time in between or the headliner isn't ready yet that stuff happens but when one club wants you to do it that way do it that way because it's their club and that's the way they want it so your decision right. another club want it completely different then do it that way being an MC is getting the audience ready mm. um, and do what the club wants that's different than being a comedian I mean, they, I mean, the different different right. happen. I'm going up, you know, second or, or third or something on a regular show. Then, yeah, I I know what they want, but I'm doing what I want. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah, they don't because you know, you're not representing. They should know yeah. my act. Since we're timely, we'll talk about the correspondence dinner. They should know what they hired. Yeah, she did a great job. Michelle Wolf of being Michelle Wolf, right? And if they didn't want her to be Michelle Wolf, then they fucking hired the wrong person, right? Right. So the so when you hire as MC, do what the club wants, and then yeah. Otherwise, the um when so you said how long was it before you got into MC work? Because you said you've been doing this for four years. I started, I think I probably had a year and a half under my belt I before I did MC. Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, doing. Do whatever you can. Did produce some shows. So I guess I did. I produced some shows. I've been, I've been asked to do that. A lot of work. Yeah. And um, glad I did it. And and seeing that, mm-hmm. right? Took some MC classes. Watched other MCs. Sally Mullins, for example, is one of my favorite MCs, and she'll she'll comment on every comedian and does it great, and it's her charm and all that. So I, that when you get back to joking between MCs, a lot of great MCs do it. They yeah. don't do a minute between each one. Anyway, but um, doing some shows, produced three over like six months, like every other month. Every time showtime came, the day before, I'm going, I'm never doing this again. I'm not writing, I'm not rehearsing. All I'm doing is stressing about promoting, dealing with uh, the comics that are going to make it and not make it. And yeah. Just babysitting the whole thing. And by the time I got on stage, is the best thing because it's your show. Your control of it. We're talking about whether the people want. That's what I want. Yeah. And loved every minute of it. And after every show, I go, I'll do one more, and one more. And the reason I stopped, I just stopped temporarily, which ended up being a couple of years, because um, to have the people in the audience, you got to do a lot of work. Yeah. I had ninety people one night. You know. Wow. And forty something one night. So so much effort in that. At that stage, I needed I needed also to be doing more. Writing, rehearsing, but it got me MC in my own thing. So when I stopped producing, I I had worked my way in to MC. And I would like took an MC class. I'd tell them, "Hey, I want to MC. Tell them what you want to do." Yeah. And um, got got hired. Oh, and did the open mic. So then got approached. You want to do the open mic? And it was one of the ones that you know the open mm-hmm. mics come and go as they were trying to work out something for the club. And I did that and. Uh, so between emceeing my own shows, emceeing the open mic, and emceeing regular shows, it just you just got to show up and not suck. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. I mean, you had the, the uh, I'm sure they. And sometimes the will do, just showing up is better. Yeah, is better than not. Yeah. The research. How is the show? Oh, good. Yeah. And you know, either they'll ask how the MC was, or they'll get comments how the MC was, good or bad. Mm. And yeah, that's it. 
get more and more. I got called last week because I think uh, Cindy, uh, I didn't realize the time, got a car crash, and she's fine now. But last minute, no MC. Uh-huh. And I was at home with a, I just pigged out the big plate of like crackers <laughs> and, and uh, peppers and sausage uh-huh. and had a beer. It was like bloated, anything of the message. And so I did uh, the whole weekend. But like I had 15 minutes to get from, from on the couch, bloated and tired to, to out the doors, like 20 minutes. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so when you're in that, like you, you know, MC circle, you'll get the call. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. To be so I'm get them. So yeah, I haven't got yeah. as much as I'd like to, but but I think I'm also um, I think I'm still developing. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not so I'm not real um, upset or jaded. Like I I get it. I'm still I'm still young in this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, um, it's it's alternatively awesome and horrible. Everything about everything. The the, the show I MC a month ago had happened to have. Uh, club owners and the bookers there and um, I did a great job I thought and it was okay and we got a tip afterwards I forgot that I used to do and I do now again is I stopped I started doing my housework first and didn't do a joke first mm. and I got to hey it was great let's you know, but do a joke and I was, shit I don't know why I stopped doing that that was only a month ago so now I do a joke first sometimes two but usually one housework then back into and yeah, I try to connect the second that first one. So, yeah, tips. You know. Yeah, it happens. It happens. But since then, I've been getting uh, booked a lot, too. So. Yeah, I think I, I need to get out uh, to Burbank a little more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've just been out here. Yeah, they, they appreciate people being out here. I don't get there. I'm, I'm, I just got booked there for June. Yeah. I am. Um, so you were telling me that you were, uh, you were getting ready to... Do some off-road bike racing, and that the last time you had gone, you were in a horrible accident. Oh, that was a year ago. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we had talked about it, oh, did you MC for me that night? Someone did. So yeah, so January. So I ride motorcycles too, motocross with the old guys. A bunch uh-huh. of old guys going slow. It's it's funny. It's really intense workout. Hard. It's mental. It's dangerous. But when you're when you watch us old guys, right, it's, it's like watching paint dry. It's not, it's not dangerous. <laughs> We're going so slow. But our reaction time is so slow that everything's, you know, gets a little more precarious. Well, right yesterday. But um, January last year, so a year, a few months ago, um, when I was emceeing almost every Sunday, I raced on Sunday. Well, I broke a bunch of ribs. And, um, and couldn't make the show that night, so tried to. Oh, it was. They still still not right. You're yeah, exactly. still yeah. feel. But anyway, so I called Josh and he got it covered for me. But uh, it's the only show I've ever missed. Yeah, yeah, because it's like I ain't making it. So did you <laughs> did you grow up riding uh, yeah. motocross? Yeah. yeah. And so you were. That's what I do. I have a motorcycle dealership. Oh, you own a motorcycle yeah. dealership? I didn't realize that. Well, hey, hey, hey. BB Cycles in Victorville. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I grew up, my dad started doing that when I was 10 or Mm -hmm. 9. So, yeah. No, things, playing guitar, riding motorcycles, and trying to be funny are the only things I've done all my life. I mean, I've done a lot of things. The only things I've done 
consistently for 50 years or 47 years. I had a, uh, I had a Yamaha R1. R1, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, my license plate was W-T-A-J-E-R-K. What a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and I would park all the way in <laughs> of, a, of a parking stall between trucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I ended up, uh, I went riding with a buddy of mine named Chris uh, that I had met on a uh, one of those like R1 forums. Yeah. And so uh, the idea was we were going to go, um, we were going to head up to uh, Angeles Crest Highway. Right. That's where I live. And so uh, we took, uh, we, we met in Rancho, from Rancho went uh, to GRR, uh, Glendora Ridge Road, and that just looks like silly string on a, yeah. on a map. We were riding all through there, drop out um, around Azusa, I think, and then head over to, um, uh, head over to the two over in Flint Ridge, Flint, Flintwood, Flint Ridge? Flint Ridge. Yeah, and then take the two over. So I'd been climbing, you know, most of the, the, the ride. And uh, it was my first down. It was, I hit my first peak, and I was going downhill left. And so when you're climbing, then you're supposed to brake with both brakes, obviously, rear and front. But I would just tap my rear, you know, and go into my turn. And so I go over the peak, downhill left. Tap my rear brake, nothing happens. Hit a little harder. I'm no not breaks. stopping. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at this right. this bend, right? So I stomp on my rear brake. Don't even touch the front. Right. Not even there. My uh, my rear tire locks and starts to slide right. Right. And so now I'm I'm fishtailing towards this cliff. Yeah. And I think to myself, well, it's time to uh, let this thing go. Right. And so I relaxed my body to, to, to lay down and slide. And uh, I took my foot off the rear brake, which spun the rear tire. And I saw, on, the, on the Yamaha uh, tank, there's a, um, there's a, uh, the Yamaha music forks, the, the symbols yeah. on the sides of the tanks. Yeah. And I see that flash in front of my face. And I think to myself, well, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> and then... I had that thought and then realized I was in the air. Ah. Uh. And I was like, I got to get to my back. And so I, while in the air, I punch yes. down yeah. towards the ground in order to, to generate right. a, a roll. And so I hit um, my shoulder and arm into my ribs on my right side, right arm, right shoulder, and the wrist hit the ground, I throw my arms and legs out and I'm sliding and I'm, I'm seeing a whole bunch of dirt flying up around my, my arms right. and I come to a stop and so I, uh, I'm i laying on the ground and I think okay, I didn't lose consciousness and I've got pain in my right knee and i got pain in my, in my ribs right and so I think, well, let me see if I can move anything. So I start wiggling my toes. Okay, toes look good. Um, wiggle my fingers. Those feel all right. Move my my uh, elbows and shoulders. All right, that feels okay. And I'm scared to death I've, I've shattered my pelvis because I hear that's horrible. So I, yeah, so I raise my left knee, like slide my heel up a little bit so those work. And then uh, I then move my neck a little bit. I'm like, all right, I think I'm okay. Right. 
And so I get up and I look at, and my bike is on the ground. And I go, oh shit. So I run over and I pick the bike up. And, and I'm looking at it in the front, uh, the front fairing is cracked. The, the yeah. brake reservoir is okay. Um, it looks like it's scratched up. I got a, a, a bent, um, right foot peg. And then I th- I'm looking at everything. And I was like, well, I don't see anything leaking. Like, I'm like, I think I'm okay. And then I'm like, no, you're probably in shock. You need to sit down. So I put the bike, set the bike over, and I take my helmet off, and I go sit down. And people are passing, like they're they're yeah. going around this turn. And I just I'm just sitting there. And my buddy Chris is a phenomenal rider. I mean, that guy like drops his knee down into the yeah. turn, so he's gone. You know, and I'm not trying to catch him there. I wasn't. I was just riding my ride. So he finally comes back after about ten minutes, and he looks at me. and He says, "Hey, man, did you go down?" And I was like, yeah, I high-sided. And he looks, and the skid mark looks to be about 60 feet, yeah. you know? And he's like, how fast were you fucking going? <laughs> and I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> and he says, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, he says, you high-sided? And I said, yeah. He says, you're alive? And I said, apparently. <laughs> and so um, this guy in a Jeep drives by, and then he turns around and comes back, and he says, Hey, um, did you go down? And I was like, yeah, I sighted. And he's like, and you're alive? And I was like, yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> and so he says, you need me a phone or anything? I said, the person that I want to call does not want anything to do with me right now. Yeah. Um, you got duct tape? And he's like, yeah, I got duct tape. So he pulls out a thing of duct tape, and I duct tape my bike together. And my buddy looks at we're standing at the, at the um, I was still sitting there. And uh, my buddy says, him. It's a good thing he didn't go over that cliff. Yeah. And I hadn't looked. And I looked over, dude, it was straight down. Looked like right. maybe maybe fifteen hundred feet, just straight down. And I was like, Yeah, it's pretty good, yeah. you know. But um Yeah, crashing is crashing. I mean don't you don't get hurt. I mean you get hurt, but whenever you're getting dumped about it for the street or dirt you your equipment. But um other cars and then cliffs, that's where Street yeah. riding, that's where you die. It's, yeah. You crash, another car hits you. That's what, I ride very little on the street. I mean, I do it. I have, I have a FC09. Okay. But I'm slow. In yeah. the dirt, where I grew up. So everybody's going one direction. Yeah. Crash groomed. You're, <laughs> you can see your truck from where you crash. Yeah. Everyone's there. So on the road, it's just other people. But also R1. I mean, I've been riding forever, 45 almost 50 years and I won't be I like this little stuff yeah, yeah but the thing is that I'm also you know right now I'm 6 yeah it's four, a 200 mile bike yeah yeah, but yeah. I already look like a bear on a bicycle this is where you crash <laughs> get a 400 it's fine. 120 miles an hour is enough that's fine yeah but yeah I crash a lot less for you it's all the dirt though but yeah I had a concussion uh I had, yeah, about three things in a row a couple years ago. One was a heat stroke thing, I think, where on the way home I didn't know where I was. And then I didn't crash, just from the heat. Jeez. Racing somewhere. And then uh, about three years ago I was racing flat track, and it crashed. I'll make the story short. Crashed, got up, pushed my bike back to the pits. It was a little dingy, you know. I'm like, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm going to go walk around for the EMTs and mm. get checked out. I couldn't find them. Came back to my truck. My friends are there. My brother's there. And, and uh, 
people are going to call my wife, you know. Mm. And my friend says, hey, you're divorced. I go, no way, really? Yeah. <laughs> I go, So no, awesome. Better. It gets better. So I go, it's like, so I still, I don't want anybody to know how dingy I am. So I look at my phone and I find my girlfriend. It's like, oh yeah, Debbie, shit. So I call Debbie. She's not my girlfriend. I didn't know that, right? Oh, yeah. I just had this crush on her. Oh. So I call her, let her know what's happening. She's acting weird. I go, we're, we're in love, right? We live together? She goes, no, I'm just your friend. I go, shit. All right. So I'm over to. So I talk. So I hey, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm packing up. I don't know. I know where I am, but I don't know which way is north from that. I got, I got GPS on my car. So I waited for about an hour. About an hour later, I realized, yeah, okay, I'm back. I'm back together. And buddy, Mike goes, no, I'm gonna, I'll just follow me. So I follow. It's an hour and a half from home. He put a church signal on. I follow him. Between my GPS and following him, I got home. Went into work the next. That was Saturday night. And I was off Saturday Monday. Went to work Tuesday. And they're talking about my crash, but I didn't realize that's not what happened. I didn't crash, get up, push my bike to the truck. No, I was, now I remember a lot of it. I was on the ground, show stopped, EMTs, wiggle your toes. Wiggle your, oh. You know what, uh, what day it is? I said June. <laughs> and now I remember somebody else pushed my bike back to the pits. Until a half hour, 20 minutes later, that's when I started going, I better go get checked out. It had already been, it already been done. And you'd already been... I was on the infield of the short track for 15 minutes with him. You know, oh, my god! And I didn't remember any of that, but it come back slowly over the... That's so months. crazy. <laughs> That's, that is hilarious. That's a great story. So you're just... And that was, that was probably your worst, your worst head injury from there? Yeah, well, it was right after the Mulberry heat stroke. They say it's a concussion and they're the same, uh, same symptoms. And then, so one other time... It was three years ago. One other time right after that, same summer, I was... Oh, so hold on. So I missed that. So you didn't even crash? That was just the heat stroke? No, no. The heat stroke was first. was different when I went out of Glen Hillen. Okay. Where after the race, I uh, went to the results board to look, had a, a walked back with a beer. My brother's talking about this guy behind me, Carl. I forget his last name. I didn't race with. But the name my brother was saying was this weird name, this weird exotic what, Alejandro something. And I go, I don't know who you're talking about. He goes, no, this guy. Anyway, whatever. So I'm driving home out of Glen Hill, and I get to the stop sign, and I tell myself, God, I've been on the road three hours. And I see the stop sign. I go, no, I'm five minutes from here. So I knew something was weird. So I get home, still married this time, and I uh, sent some emails, right? Mm-hmm. And I go lay down in my bed because I'm exhausted, and my wife said a couple things to me, and I kept having to repeat what she's saying. Like, whatever she was saying, I couldn't grasp, Right? That's stupid. I'm the guy. I'm not going to tell anybody something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so I fall asleep. I wake up two hours later, and I'm feeling great. I, I go look at all the emails I sent. I have no recollection. There are all these long, detailed, perfectly coherent emails. But anyway, my short-term memory was gone. I couldn't remember my... Oh, on the way home, when I realized I'd been on the road three hours, I started giving myself a self-exam. Do you remember your phone number? I remembered a bunch of phone numbers. Didn't know which one was mine. Remember my address? Nope, that was 10 years ago. Oh, wow. So my short-term memory was just gone. Anyway, long story short, that was heat stroke. A couple months later, I did the crash, concussion, yeah. call, and the, Oh, my and then, God. So fast forward another month or two, I'm racing. <clears throat> I did the first moto. It was a hot day. And I'm really exhausted. 
So I sit in front of my truck, the air conditioning on, my helmet off for a thousand, about five minutes, and then they're calling my next race, which is an hour later. So oh, wow. I didn't tell anybody. I said, you know what? I'm good. I didn't, I didn't drink a bunch <laughs> of water and just went home. There's yeah. only three times. It's been three years, so I haven't had anything like that since. Wow. But, uh, That's crazy. They that, say that, that he's stroke that... and concussion the same, same wow. uh, symptoms. And and, and it, it makes me think. Worse every time. It makes me think about the uh, about like I hear about NASCAR racing, like how it's just so hot in there. Oh, there was another time. Other. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All at the same time. The, the, light, the, the lights are starting no, to come first, on. The first concussion. First was November of 2012. Me and some buddies. I just started riding again. I rode all my life. They quit for ten years. Why'd you quit? For twenty years, like everyone does, they get families and. And they started again when they get older. So I quit at 30, started at 50, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, rode a little bit in between, but not much. So, but uh, let's do a 24-hour race. Okay. So got a team to go over a 24-hour race, which I thought would just be a race of attrition. You know, you get tired. No, it was this really obstacle-heavy course. And um, I was second lap. So hand me the bike. And the first thing is you take a right-hand corner and you go over these big, huge tractor tires, which is the mm-hmm. thing now in enduro cross or trials. I didn't know how to do it, so I just hit them pretty fast. And uh, went over the bars, landed on my head, broke the brake lever, and figured, no big deal, got up, and I figured I'd ride the rest of the lap. It's a Grand Prix track without brakes, which took me an hour and a half because it's in ditches and canyons and all that. Anyway, after I crashed, I got up and got back on, I remember hopping over the log at the truck track, and then it goes pretty smooth for a while. Same thing. I watched a video of the course, another guy had a GoPro on, where I got off the ground and picked up the bike. It was three minutes later. So I rode for roughly three minutes without going, I don't remember it. Wow. When I remember again. So, yeah. So, anyway. That's crazy. I I noticed that with the Enduro... uh, racing um did you were you concerned about about being tired at that point and, I, and i'm going to say that because i i've noticed i noticed that you have a tick and i have a, a buddy of mine that i grew up with that had a tick and he was really good at hiding it until he got tired oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah and so but when you're on stage i never see it as soon as you're off stage, I see it. But, <laughs> but it's yeah. But it's it's, it's tired, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to me, and I don't know if you if you um, like how you manage that. If you notice that it's not yeah. there oh, when you're wiped out, for example, like I'm, yeah. I'm completely. It's been one of those. I can feel like I'm coming out of the cold, but um, yeah, no, definitely, definitely fatigue. Yeah, it it, it comes yeah. in, and so I would I would tell him. And I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, hey buddy, you're, uh, you're right. tired. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. And and he'd be like, he'd be like, and he'd look at me like, really? Because <laughs> because yeah. he knew he was tired. But when I would tell yeah. him that, I would, and he'd have the same tick that you do. That I, it's I, just a little, it's it's a nod, yeah. you know. And I, think so, I told you when I came in that uh, today, I'm waiting for today to get over because tomorrow I do three nights camping. Yeah. At the beach, and it can't come in a quicker time, man. It's like, I mean. Oh, so much going on. An escrow in a house. Just bought a new house. Mother was not sold yet, so I'm doing both of those things. Went to Sacramento 
did the World Series of Comedy last weekend, drove home, and every frigging day is feels like it's just one of those times where yeah wiped. Yeah. And now I'm even I even feel like I'm, I hope it's allergies, but I'm, when I get run down, I feel like I'm getting a cold too. Yeah, and right now. It's yeah, like, yeah. I'm making through tonight, man. Yeah, and then you can just, <laughs> then you can rest for three days. But I wish I was rested when I got there instead of using it to rest. Yeah, yeah. So when you do, I I hope you're okay with talking about. Yeah. It. So when you're, how did you manage your your tick with or Tourette's, whatever it is you want to call it that when you were dealing with school, like like when you were a kid, did you have this? Yeah, 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 part yeah. I no, remember? I never got a really a handle on it, meaning just understanding of it, and that helps a lot. Like when you're, and it's everything. I think I'm just real sensitive to a lot of things. Like I've always been real sensitive to any, freaking anything, allergies, medicines, all that, mm. and whatever, however way your body reacts. So like with everything, right now, I figured out my life when I'm eating right, when I'm healthy, and all that. Everything's all that's good too. Yeah. I, I woke up this morning. I'm, I'm heavier than I've been in months. Mm. I'm tired than I've been. Everything goes like that. Yeah. But um, no, I never got a handle on that until a few years ago. Mm. It's fat, and now it's like it's it's virtually non-existent at times. And when you're when you're living shitty, that's one of many things that go wrong for me. Like I'm out of shape. My my joints are stiff. I'm um, when I'm eating right, in shape, focused, all good. But when I'm not, it's one of many things with me that just turn to shit. When you're when you're nervous, do you feel it more? Well, yeah. When you're, it's just a it's a it's it's kind of like, I mean, we feel it more. It's what happens when mm-hmm. you're nervous. And um, it's, how would I put it? But it makes you more nervous, like when you're a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like snowballs. Yeah. Till later you get. I have panic realize, attacks. Yeah. And so I. Yes, so I don't have panic attacks, but I think I always have. In fact, this is funny. I've never talked about this. It's the same. I think it's a, a reaction to the same thing. Because I've met a lot of people, um, especially your generation, it's more, that's the thing that comes out the open more, is anxiety and panic yeah, attacks. Yeah. And I never knew, what, so the, the the nervous tics and all that, when as that went away, the anxiety built up. Mm. It's just a different reaction of the same thing. Like okay. I get this real, I mean, I, I wore a heart thing for a while, my I mean, I used to, I, not only race motorcycles, I was doing bicycle racing, triathlons, and all that. So I was always obsessive on fitness. Uh-huh. Even when I'm not fit, I obsess where I should be. But um, it would show up as heart palpitations. Um, the last few years, other, I really had to, the rationalize myself, I think I have anxiety. I think I have panic. But I would just never respond to it in a negative way. It's right. like, feel kind of weird when for other people, it would it would it will show up as this social anxiety or social panic. I never had that. Mine came out of more as a physical thing, and my then my my times where the physical part of it is non-existent, mm-hmm. it shows up all internally. Mm-hmm. So in my I, I'm no doctor, but in my mind, that physical symptoms of it is the outlet instead of the panic attack. I've never yeah. had a panic attack, but I know I've had. What I now I know is anxiety. Yeah. It is one or the other. 
when I, so I'll start to, um, usually it comes on me, I'll have like little beads of sweat that I feel right at my temples. And then it's, it's almost like when I was a little kid, I'd have nightmares and my nightmares always started with the theme song of Scooby-Doo. Nice. So like, yeah. So when I heard, I was like, fuck, (laughs) but I was like seven, (laughs) so I didn't know how to say that, but but I would just be like, no, 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 no. And I'd wake up. But, um, but so it's that same kind of thing. Like I'll have sweat that starts to, starts to beat on my temples. And then I hear the voice. You're sweating. Wow. Everyone's going to see you sweat. Yeah. You better get this shit under, under, uh, under control. And then, and then, yeah, yeah. why wouldn't it? And so then like, I just start and then I'll, I'll, I'll be like, okay, you gotta relax. You gotta calm down. Fuck. You're sweating on your shoulders now. Oh my God. You're going to sweat through your shirt and everyone's going to see it. And then it's just like, I've literally sweat through shirts before. Yeah. And it's just that my heart starts racing. I'll feel like I can't talk. I'll feel like I literally have um, uh, like a like a, a nozzle, like like kind of like how how someone has turned the water down. Right. And it's just like air is just not. It's not that I can't yeah, get it. It's not that I can't, but I can't get it out either. Like it's just right. like like everything just tightens. It's right here. Stop panic attacks. And so um, never, I don't sweat under any of that when I. On stage, it's a whole different thing. The only time I'll um, blank, you know, like uh, I think three times last year, my mouth was completely dry. Nah. It's, it's when you get lost yeah. and you realize. So that's a little bit of a social thing where you go, the audience expects this, and my mind's a blank. My mouth will go dry. I did it oh, once yeah. in Boston where I didn't get to my closure in a long time. God damn it, I'm getting my closure. I did my closure in the middle. It's such a good joke. And I did my closer in the middle, and just muscle memory or habit, my mind went, there's nothing after that. That's your closure. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I got four minutes left. Yeah. So that's the first time my mouth went completely dry to the point where any word you say, your tongue will stick to your mouth and all that. Yeah. And bring water. But that was a mind racing kind of panic. Like, I need to think of what's next. It wasn't, yeah. a, it wasn't a thing I couldn't control. Yeah. So that's what I hear with anxiety and panic attacks. It's like, it's just, you get locked up. Yeah. And on the other side, I get unlocked. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Man. Yeah, my, my buddy that um, I grew up with, he, he had uh, he had a take. It was, his family was really, really cool. Um, and I, I've, I've always wanted to, to tell this story, and I, uh, I'm fine because I never have. But he... Um, his his mom is Emily, and she married Jack. And and uh, Jack Reardon was this this uh, just a no nonsense weathered guy, and just a man's man. And he saw my buddy Dan and I as these two kids that needed some discipline right. and and to, to get their head out of their ass and, and figure out what's going on. <laughs> and so. Uh, Dan needed to go get something at the house. And Dan, along with having Tourette's, had no sense of smell. And so, yeah. Yeah. And and so, I remember I'm driving with him one day, and and me and this girl were talking about, like, our favorite smells, you know. And so, um, you know, like, like apple pie. 
or right after it rains. Right. Um, or, or like a Christmas tree when you bring it in and he turns the radio down. He's like, wait a minute, trees fucking smell? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And he's like, he's like, why didn't anybody tell me that? I'm like, damn. Every car freshener you've ever seen is made of a tree. It looks like a tree. What do you mean you know trees smell? That's just not being observant. And he's like, I never bought one. I was like, oh, that's a good point. But, um, so anyway, so we go over to his house and, and um, so, uh, Mr. Reardon, uh, we're walking up and he says, Hey boys, uh, what, uh, what are you doing? What are you up to today? And, uh, we're like, Oh, we're, we're going to be heading up to, to class. Going to, you know, we got class in an hour. He's like, well, I need to tell you boys something. You see across the street, on the other side of the street, there was this, uh, horse property. He says, my neighbor says that the, uh, that his horse is pregnant, which made me think about you boys. You boys need to try and figure out what the hell's going on with your lives. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you're going over there for class. How old were you? Uh, I think I was probably like twenty. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you're over there going for class, and chances are you're paying more attention to the asses and skirts than you are with the textbooks. He says, one of these days, one of those fillers is going to try and get you to mount her, and then you're going to have to deal with the. And he stops dead cool. He leans across, like towards the street, and he, he fixes his gaze. At the horse property, he goes, Well, I'll be damned. That horse has got a big old dick underneath it. There's no way that thing's pregnant. He just like turns around and walks away. <laughs> and just the, just the, you know, we, we were just there to go pick up like some books right. or lunch or something. We got half of, of a uh, of a birds and a bees story. <laughs> Funny. He's a good he's a good guy. So do you always grow up around here? Fontana. Oh you grew up in Fontana? Yeah. Oh okay. The right wood now, which is the end of Highway Two. Go to bike ride yeah, yeah. from Glenmore yeah. ends in Rightwood. And you just bought a pl- you, you just, just bought a place, Spring Valley Lake. I know, I looked it up. My business in Victorville. That's right on the edge of Victorville, between there and Apple Valley. Is there fishing in that lake? Yeah. So you're gonna fish so, right off your off your yeah. your uh, your deck. Yeah, huh? I've, been, I've just been thinking about moving to Love Rightwood. Love everything about it. It's, it's quiet. It's peaceful. It's beautiful. But you know, I raised kids there and a family there, and I'm solo. Yeah. Just been thinking about moving. Got a place at the beach already. Uh, thinking about LA because we comedy down there a lot, but that'll have to be. You have a, a place at the beach as well. Oh, sweet. Yeah. In LA. Anyway, think about moving. I can't afford what I would like to have in LA, mm-hmm. um, so that got me thinking about what to do for now. Anyway, my brother lives there on the water, and I looked at some houses on the lake, and this one I looked at, it's a lot of things real comfortable with it. It's a lot like my house now, I mean, same builder maybe even, it looks like it might be. Walked out the back, there's a boat dock, looking over the water, and right across from my brother's house. Oh, sweet. And so... One thing up there now when the kids are gone and all that is no family, so that's kind of cool. It'll be fun. I'm real excited about that. So I made the decision a couple weeks ago, and uh, scary, but every day I think about it, I'm more excited about it. Oh, like you are here, it's, uh, I'll in fact, I looked, I told you, I looked at, we're going to be a house right next to you with one of these for sale, looking online, because I decided. And it was, and it had the course? Like you were so on the course? Because I decided I, I can't, if I can't be on the water, I'd like to be on a golf course. Anyway, Spring Valley Lake has the, 
private golf course right there in the lake. Oh, sweet. But, um, yeah, so you're a golf cart in the garage and a boat off my back deck. And I can't wait to move everything in. That's 50 in. minutes farther from L.A., though, and I'm, do, I'm there three times a week, it seems. Yeah. So, no. but, you know. I got a spare room if you want to. If you're, if it's ever too too tiring to go all the way out. Yeah. Well, here's I go to the beach just close, forty five from there. But yeah. anyway, no, I'm excited about that. So, do you golf? Are you golf? Yep. Yeah. I, I played. Uh, when I was younger, I played in uh, like on junior PGA, and, nice. and I was on a golf team in nice. my high school. Golf team, high school. Yeah. yeah. And so this hole right here, man, is a good one to score. It's is what we when I'm not in league. Uh, this hole right here you're on is one of our money holes. You know? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a fun. Hard, man. It's long enough, and it's a little downhill, I think, over that water, yeah. where hitting the greens, one thing stayed on, it's another. Yeah. You know? I, um, my, my kids, they, my dad takes them out now that he's retired, and they go over here. He knows everybody in the pro shop. Yeah, you yes. know, the, the boys are over there giving out uh, popcorn and candy that my dad gets them. You know what I mean? <laughs> I so, rage he's always <laughs> he's always uh, uh, trying to grease the palms so that way they get free balls and stuff. This is a great golf course. It's forgiving. They keep it really plush. I really like. It's probably my favorite. Yeah, it, it's a great course. Yeah. I I would I would love to I would love to play more. I would love to do everything more. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just, just do it. Just do it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> between, do everything more. Between animation, no. trying to play my buddy in NHL 18, Xbox, yeah. golfing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, See, I, I, the, I luckily missed the whole video game era. I, I, uh, like I was a stand-up video games. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, don't all start. That. So <laughs> in the, uh, gosh, late 80s, right, I, I got a... Uh, a video game console. I think it was Nintendo at the time. And within an hour, I realized, no, I can't go down this road. Yeah. And I gave the box to my nephews. Yeah. I mean, in front of the TV, stressing, like, focused on video game. I go, no, 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 no. This ain't for me. I was, and I bailed on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, was a, I was a paid youth minister yeah. for the San Bernardino bishop. Nice. Okay. I... This is Gerald Barnes. Yeah, yeah, I had a, uh, I had an Xbox. (laughs) I doubt he's listening. (laughs) (laughs) I so I uh, I had a PlayStation One in my office, and the kids would play or whatever, you know. And so, um, but my favorite game was this game called Tenchu Stealth Assassins. It was the first game that you had to use. Stealth and and be silent in the game. Okay. Up until then, it was like running around, like punching, you know, shooting, and so. Um, but it was really submersive. I mean, you had to you had to think about you know there would you would be in uh, you were in Japan, uh, you were an assassin that was uh, that was uh, taking out. Uh, land owners that were tyrannical, right. and they usually had uh, their own armies that, and like and uh, mer- uh, mercenaries around them. Right. So you'd have to go in under night. They'd have dogs, so you'd have <laughs> poisoned rice balls. You'd have to throw right. down to put the dogs down. Go up behind people and 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 kill them quietly. Uh, and so I remember I was at Montclair Plaza. 
and I'm standing there, and they had this uh, this shop that was like all Asian imports, and there was like gaudy furniture and this beautiful samurai set, uh, samurai sword right. set. And I remember looking at it and thinking, man, that's a nice set because I've been playing this game. Right. And I look over, and there's a guy that's standing near a um, a column. And I was like, I could buy that sword. Take him out. I would easily be able to assassinate him and be out. And no one would even know. I I know. I have a skill set now. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, I I literally (laughs) took the game out, put it in the box. I don't know where it's at. I just, I never played it again. Because I was like, it's it's too much. It's too much. Time? time? Yeah, video games. I missed that whole time sucking you know sucking time out of your life thing yeah. I was outdoors I was motorcycles guitars was indoors so yeah. yeah no if you quit your video games you could do comedy your animation your online content probably, I'm gonna quit you yeah. do that I'll quit internet <laughs> I'll get back in the music studio because all I have time for in my life is um, I could do comedy mm motocross music in my studio and golf all I have to do is cut out sleep yeah. and internet yeah. you can do that if I can do it you can do it I, I hardly play now like honestly like with, with my video games like I would love to play yeah. I'm thinking the last time I played I think I played on maybe last Tuesday and that was because I thought that I had to wake up. I thought that it was later. I woke up an hour earlier than I thought I was supposed to be. And I woke up, came downstairs, and I was like, well, I'm already awake. I played two games. That was it. I have an Xbox I bought that I've never played. Oh, really? When, when I moved. I got one because my son at the time was like 16. When he comes over to play Xbox. And I think I bought the easiest games you know, I think I bought Tiger Woods Golf. I bought a couple yeah. others. Like, him and I go, David Buster's somewhere now. If there's a game where I can push one button, <laughs> you know, at a certain time, like every five seconds, I still can't do it. Yeah, yeah. This video game is a whole different skill set that I just decided years ago not to, not to go yeah. there. I just bought my second Xbox One. I have two now. I have one down here, nice and, I, and I have one, yeah, and I got one upstairs, so that yeah. way my kids can, because now the games, I they don't. Realize, I got that new RV, I'm going camping tomorrow night, three nights at Bolsa Chica. I could put that Xbox in my RV, because I have a TV in there. Mm-hmm. And just not see anything just Xbox. that you've driven that to go my, see. My, my <laughs> I'm going to go drive into the deep woods to go play an Xbox. <laughs> Fuck squirrels. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cold. I can feel it. Yeah. Yeah, I get through that show tonight. Camp tomorrow. Come back, close escrow, go to Colorado, do three nights, two nights there. So you're, you're, tra- you're, you're touring the comedy? <sighs> Some of these festivals. Oh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I'm just right at that point. My my buddies that stay in contact with, are, I'm just at the point now where these guys are getting their first booked weekends and stuff. So that's right. 
I would love to. I would love to do festivals. I don't. It's a good and bad. They're they're great. There's a couple of them that are really really good, and they're good um, for networking. That's what they're for. Mm-hmm. Like the, you, you know, who cares winning and losing? I mean, I won some nights, mm-hmm. and that matters less than anything. Right? Yeah. But what the festivals do, um, I like World Series comedy. I like Burbank Comedy Festival, and everybody will rag on whatever you say you like. Fuck them, don't listen to them. What you get out of these things are networking. And um, the ones that have bracketing and going down to, to winning and all that, the only thing that matters about that is in the minds of some of the industry, if they're real busy people, they'll go, oh, if I go down to here where it's the top 16 people, yeah. or if word of mouth at the certain festival, best of fest in Burbank, or the, I've done a couple in New York, in, if word of mouth is around where certain times of the festival they can see some of the um, best talent yeah. in, someone's, in someone's opinion, yeah. they can say some time. They can go see 20 comics or 10 comics and not have to sit through 15 that they have no interest in. Yeah. So that's that's all it does is open the door and we'll talk to you. So I've met some great people. I've met people, that have, I've met people in Boston that booked me in L.A. I've met people in Chicago that booked me here and there because they have to be open-minded enough at that gig to at least watch you or listen to you or talk to you. If they have to weed through 100 people, they just, that's just yeah. horrible for them to have to sit through that you don't get that contact. So if you show up in those places, meet people, don't be an asshole, be professional. If someone mentions you, it's in a good way. Once you've seen them three or four times, like now I'll see someone on the road somewhere, oh yeah, I remember you from so-and-so. They don't have to even remember you in a good way. They just have to not remember you as being a problem or an asshole. Yeah. And then if they see you and you're funny, you made another impression. That's all it is. And these impressions add up and then you start... You know, it's, a, it's your network. Get booked and nice. like we were talking about being MC. If you don't, if there's, if you and I MC for flappers a lot, and if they have twenty MCs at any certain time, or if they have five, or if they have ten, and you're not one of the ones that they shake their head and you were a problem, then you're not in the circle that was a problem. That's all it is. Yeah. And, and pretty soon. More and more people become a problem, and more and more people aren't a problem. You're the you're the you're the guy that there's a lot of tools to have, and I want to be the guy that's I show up. I'm funny. I'm not a problem. No one hates me. Some people love me. Certain people follow me. But but you're never a, right. uh, an issue. Yeah. So same thing with festivals, networking. Those people. They hear a thousand funny people a week, man. You're not going to be the funniest guy they ever heard. But it's really cool when I've walked in. Um, this more than once. I've walked in two different shows and I swear to God, had someone talk about me, talking about my material. Hmm. And that feels pretty good. Yeah, I was in L.A. and had some guy from Arkansas recognize me. Well, that's because cool. I've been hit in Vegas. So it's all about meeting people. Yeah. And it's surreal when they're talking about your jokes. Or tell them this one. And by the way, they never tell it right. And, or yeah. maybe they tell it right and I tell it wrong. But That that moment for me was when um, I I had a show and people from work had shown up. You know, 
And so yeah. this, uh, this one lady says, um, she says, the other day, uh, my husband looked at me and, and said that we were out of chia seeds and we fell out laughing. And cause I had this bit about chia seeds. And so, um, I was like, wow, I, it's, it's, I never thought that anything that I would write yeah. would live in somebody else's house. Right. You know what I yeah, mean? Exactly. And so that was the moment when I was like, wow, that's, that's a whole other thing, you know? And, and you know, when you're, when you start getting more and more work and trying to, you know, part of it is being able to be in the right place at the right time. And sometimes that's because, oh my God, we need someone. Oh, Jim Barnes, he doesn't suck. He'll be fine. Yeah. He's funny. He shows up. Put him on there. And maybe that's the show where, yeah. where your break, one of your breakthroughs comes because someone else was there that yeah. saw you or needed you. And I did an acting job first one. I did uh, do some improv, all to work just for my stand-up. Yeah. But the, every seems like every one of those opportunities meets someone else that leads somewhere else. Yeah. And sometimes, just by being the... Can Michael Gonzalez make it Tuesday? Yeah, call him. And you show up. Had nothing to do with who booked you, but some other contact from them turned into something. Yeah. You don't yeah. get that if you're a problem. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I try and be professional. I try and I try and be warm with everybody. That I have open micers that are like, not, dude. Everybody, not everybody's like you. Shit, I, you know, my act probably sixty percent, you know, mean forty percent hate me. But well, like I have micers that are like, how do you know everybody's name? Me? No, me. Yeah, no. They're, I don't they're know like, they're name. like, how do you That's, know? Everybody's I'm so embarrassed name? about that. I'll and it's like, well, I go, oh god, I got <laughs> in trouble the other night. Called one comedian another comedian's name, mm-hmm. and she didn't like it. Yeah, you know. Warmed up to me later and realized it was a mistake, but um, yeah, I do it all the time. Yeah, I, I just I just try and be, I just try and be present. You know, I think that's my my biggest thing is trying to be present there. You know, for them, and so that's one thing I love about the about what we're doing now with the with the mics. I try and make it like a show. Yeah, you know, right. and to where if I can if we can be entertaining the entire time, yeah. you know, you're you're going to people are going to want to come back and see you, and then hopefully we have real. And not that yeah. not that comics aren't real, but like real no, people. Yeah, you'll get watching. your audience. And yeah. If it's they came there to see something and do things the way you would want to be seen. Yeah. And you might have three people that are your most loyal ever. Yeah. Club wants a hundred, but you got three, and yeah. those people, your fans forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. It's fun stuff. All right, buddy. All right. Thanks for coming out, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I might have to make you some tea. Oh man. <laughs> I took an allergy pill. I've been seasoned for two days. <laughs> Make it through the show tonight. Get down to the beach. There's no nothing there to be allergic. Play, play some Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Michael. Bye.